0: Welcome to Backstage at Brick. New season, new name, new inaugural episode for the season. We used to be called The Rundown, all you faithful listeners. We are still here. It's still us. We're still going to give you a rundown of the great things happening at Brick. We have rebranded and revamped and we are called Backstage at Brick now to more fully reflect how we bring in artists and talk to them about their process and give you a behind the scenes look at what's going on here at Brick and with the artists and with the programmers and with the producers, and we have one in the studio today. So Backstage at Brick is the new name. We have a jingle that will be coming soon, but in the meantime, uh, maybe we can convince Mark, our producer, to sing a little jingle for us today at the end, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs>
0: My name is BJ Evans. I'm your host. I'm joined today by my co-host Elizabeth Krasounis. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. Producer Mark. Hi, Mark. Hi. Mark Pagan, I should say. Hello, Mark. And we are joined in the studio today with special guest Leah Crockett. Hello. Hi, Leah. Leah is the senior music producer for Brick, and I believe that's a new title senior I music get a producer. Little That's fantastic. So from associate music producer to senior music producer to reflect all of the amazing work that Leah does here holding everything together, doing the summer festival, and Leah just wrapped up the summer festival and we here at Backstage at Brick want to talk to you a little bit about that summer and how it went and what surprised you and give us some of the um nitty gritty details of what it is like to spend a summer producing festivals and night after night of music
2: well i'm saving the best details for my memoir so um. <laughs> <laughs> can you give us but a, few? I'll give you a few okay great <laughs> um man it is just never a dull moment out there you know um i think that's what's so fun about it every show is a little bit different it's so funny you know chatting with colleagues just earlier about you know, which shows had huge crowds, which shows didn't, there's, there's really not an exact science, but there are so many things to analyze who the artist is, what, you know, what day of the week, does that make a difference? Um, the weather, um, sort of musical trends and how things are changing over the summer, different artists on tour competition. Like there are just so many different things to consider, uh, with like, what will determine the outcome of every show that we have. So I think it's just really fascinating to sort of be there and watch the shows, how they ebb and flow. And um, I mean, I think we just, we had a lot of fun.
0: Can you give me, so I feel like the summer was very rainy as a human being mm. in the world who was trying to go to the beach all the time. It was like another rainstorm. So I feel like it was rainy at the band Shell this summer.
2: It was very rainy, wouldn't you
0: say, so? I think
1: there, yeah, I think we had around like two or three can- well, we Can had you- two
2: cancellations, sadly. Um, wow. Which was, you it know. Was canceled.
1: One was because so of wind, though, which was interesting. But
2: yeah, so fun so fact, So tell me everyone, more about these. Yeah. So um, if anyone cares to know. They, we do. <laughs> give, this is backstage at Brick. Exactly, yes. This is important to know. Um, so when you see festivals that are advertised as rain or shine, that is generally true. And the the change, of course, is that the way we think about it is that rain, meaning just getting wet, is not a problem, right? Getting wet is not necessarily going to interfere with your um, with the technical or safety requirements of an event. Um, it's, you know, given that the stage is covered, every like important you know piece of equipment is covered, so rain doesn't affect things. What makes things unsafe and need to be canceled or evacuated or postponed are things like wind that can just literally take things out of the ground and whack you in the face. Great. (laughs) Um, or lightning, which can potentially electrocute you and maybe give you special powers. So wait a second.
0: So (laughs) wait so that sounds awesome.
2: I'll take the special powers. But it's like you never know if that's really how it's gonna work out. So we gotta
0: legitimately a chance that the lightning could strike something at the band shell?
2: Yeah, and I mean I can't I don't know like the nitty-gritty of like where the lightning strikes are, but just in general, there is some sort of, um, you know, kind of cutoff if lightning is within a certain radius. It's just not a safe choice, As you know, as organizers. We want to keep everyone safe. And it's not about it necessarily hitting a person, although that is a concern. But, you know, if it hits a tree and that causes a tree branch mm-hmm. to fall, we have beautiful, old, well-preserved trees in our festival grounds. Um, that are well taken care of by the beautiful Prospect Park.
0: Thank you, Prospect Park Alliance.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we just need to be mindful of the, you know, side effects that lightning can cause. So really, lightning and wind are the main reasons why we would cancel a show. Uh, and you know, again, that's because as much as we hate to cancel, and our first priority would like to be just giving music to great people. Our first priority also has to be safety. Of course. So so tell was one instance. Give sorry. me some.
0: Give me some. Some backstage at Brick like horror stories. Oh my gosh! I mean, I <laughs> feel weather. like
2: when we sadly had to cancel to Narwin, which is an amazing desert blues band uh, from Mali. It was really special to have them. Uh, you know, they came. They came to sound check, and it was you know a rainy day. But I I can't remember. It wasn't that bad all day. Maybe.
1: Yeah, it looked like it was going to be fine, and then you know. The closer we got to the performance, it just got a little the progressively radar. worse. Yeah, the radar kept getting worse. It was kind of all worse. of a sudden. It, it was, and
2: was it was right around opening time. So, you know, our I got to shout out, you know, our executive producer, Jack. He's ultimately, he's the weather captain. Uh, <laughs> Please <laughs> tell me this is a real title. It's kind of real. Like, you have to have it in evacuation plans. You know, you have to have a really clear set of protocols uh, and a chain of command. And so it really does come down to one person making the calls in these situations. So... Um, you know, Jack was faced with the tough decision of, you know, having to monitor the radar, which we have all these crazy equipment things that help us do that. Um, And then, you know, decide if it's safe to let people, you know, come to the show. And ultimately, um, you know, I think he made the safe call that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a good idea to let people in. So it was sad. Really, like after the show was supposed to start, we had to cancel just because it started getting... Dad. So that was too. That was really unfortunate. Another show that I just want to shout them out because I was so sad that we had to cancel was uh, one of our movie nights, um, and we were having. We've worked with this amazing orchestra before, the Wordless Music Orchestra, um, and we were going to show this documentary film called Brimstone and Glory, which is about a uh, town in Mexico that actually specializes in firework making. So, like the whole town—that's a whole town's industry—and they every year do this amazing street festival of explosives (laughs) and it's just bonkers to see and they made this beautiful film about it and uh, a beautiful soundtrack there really aren't words in the uh, documentary it's really just visuals and music and um so wordless music orchestra based right here in new york was supposed to do a live score so as you can imagine our heartbreak when we had to cancel a 50-piece orchestra
0: (laughs) whoa and that was
1: partly a wind concern um, I forget like what I think it was like up to like thirty between thirty and forty miles an hour or something crazy. Um, it's very was, gusty, and you know there are music stands, so those definitely wouldn't have held up. So enough. were they
0: the whole band, the fifty-piece orchestra, was there at the site? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and so you basically had to say bye. We're d- we can't
2: show do biz things. everybody oh yeah.
1: <laughs> man. I remember and I remember seeing uh, sonito Galilenegro and they were playing and I knew that we were gonna you know it's like before you tell them that you have to cancel the show and they were just playing soccer and having fun and you know this is our opening band for yeah that, the opening right? would band? come from Mexico
2: so Oh um, that is heartbreaking. No. So
0: the opening band didn't get to play like nobody played at all right that is heartbreaking. Oh, goodness. So everyone go listen to... What was the band again that didn't get to play?
2: Um, so the band from Mexico, Sonido Gallo Negro. And uh, you should all go watch the movie *Brimstone and Glory. And you should go listen to, to Narwin, uh which was the other Malian blues group.
0: Great. Shout-outs to all of the folks who didn't get to play. I also... Uh, go out to the band shell for the dance shows. So I produce the dance shows, gives Leah a two nights off in the summer, which <laughs> I guess is better than zero <laughs> nights off in the summer. And we had to hold opening the house for Doran's dance because of a massive flood. And like you said, Leah, for rain, it's not necessarily dangerous per se. Like we don't have to cancel a show, but it had, it was such a downpour and there was so much flooding at the site that we didn't let people in yet because it was up to our ankles in some places. And so not, oh a, not a place you could really walk. So mm-hmm. we waited for the deluge to end, and luckily it did. And we were able to, like, you know those giant sweepers where you sweep all <laughs> the water, try to get the water swept away into the the drainage that's in places? It had backed up so much, and it was raining so hard that the drains couldn't keep up. So once it stopped, we were able to clear the literally feet of water that had accumulated and we opened up a little late but we didn't have to cancel. We just opened up late and had to deal with this massive mess basically. Um it was kind of wild out there this summer with all of the weather. You know, no one thinks about it when they're coming to see a show of what is happening uh, behind the scenes trying to make sure everything is clean and safe and
2: it was and I got to say, you know, it really um you learn quick. You get used to it really fast, I think. Because, you know, when you're working in an outdoor festival and it starts to rain, there's we have tents and things, but there's no like waiting it out. Like you are working in the rain and, you know, you just put on your poncho and you get out (laughs) there and you just keep doing what you need to do. And I was even surprised at myself because I'm a little prissy sometimes. And I just thought, am I really going to want to be working like in getting soaking wet? but you just kind of roll with it. You're so busy. You're just like business yeah. as usual. I'm just doing this but wet now. So you right. just got wet. So you just got wet. And I mean our crew, they're obviously the true superstars every day, but you know, they're like loading out an entire stage in the rain. And it's so funny because bands will sometimes wonder like, "Oh, is this going to hold us up?" And our crew is like, "No, no. Literally nothing stops us." <laughs> we will absolutely, you know, unload all this stuff, take it out to the street, take it out, you know, and totally work in pouring rain. They're, you know,
0: that's extraordinary. Yeah. It's like the. It reminds me of that post office ideal of like they'll deliver the mail no matter the weather, no matter circumstances. Like our crew is like doesn't matter what's going on, we That's will so unload true. and load your items. Yeah,
2: they really are. They are as reliable as the U.S. Postal Service. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm, I don't know.
3: I'm just <laughs> okay.
0: put a pin in that one. <laughs> I've I've heard people talk about the summer festival as being a bit like a summer camp sometimes. And everyone out there, all the people who work there, that it feels like a summer camp. Is that something you found to be true, Leah? That it feels like that?
2: Yeah, I think so. You know, we staff up a lot. You know, here at Brick, um, as you know, the presenting organization, we have a core staff of folks, but we're pretty pretty lean. You know, it's me and Elizabeth uh, out here all year trying to work things together, uh, trying to you know prep things for the summer, um, and then we have, of course, Jack. And Stephanie and an amazing marketing team But, you know, there are really very few people Who work year-round on the festival And so we staff up a lot I would say like 80 or 90% Of the people out there are only working For, you know, three to four months So it kind of is like, oh It's your face again, I haven't seen you all year You know, what's changed, what's different Um, You know, you just, you learn these little things One thing that I really loved was um, Our crew decided to implement Hawaiian Shirt Day And so every Saturday was Hawaiian shirt day. And that really reminded me of camp. Yeah. Like, I feel like at sleepaway camp, you have these little like, like we would have like a camp Valentine's Day that was like, we just designated it during camp time. And, you know, these little traditions (laughs) that, you know, if anything else, it just really helps pass the time.
0: Yeah, I think that's cute. Oh, I missed Hawaiian Shirt Day. I was only out there on Fridays. So Leah, give me a little bit of the inside scoop of a couple of concerts that were really packed, really busy, that maybe were not anticipated to be as busy. Like what were the um, like the breakout successes that were unexpected?
2: It's a great question. You know, at the end of the day, it's hard to remember like what we expected I'm not gonna lie to you you know we do all these projections and again it goes back to that analysis of you know there are things we can look at about an artist and about an audience in the time of year to make you know reasonable I think mostly pretty accurate predictions about how big the audiences will be but then it happens and I just forget all of it I'm like I don't know what we said but that was a really big crowd so so a couple that stand out I think um, You know, Ballas, which is an amazing Brooklyn-based band. They're actually celebrating their 20-year anniversary this year. Um, I was really excited to see them, and I think that was a great – it was a big show. It was one of our biggest shows of the summer. And it's funny because, you know, to put it in context, that was one of our biggest shows of the summer, and so was Gary Clark Jr., and while Gary Clark Jr. did have a few more people than Antibalas, those are two huge shows for completely different reasons. So I think that was very interesting. You know, Gary Clark Jr. is a touring artist with a ton of name recognition. Um, and that's definitely something where it's like, oh, he doesn't come to New York that often. So I really want to check out his free show. Antibalas is a New York staple. So it's not necessarily as rare of an opportunity to see Antibalas. But man, they have loyal fans in their borough. And it was so cool to see every Auntie Ballas fan in New York come and support them. And they're that kind of band where it's not like a bucket list band where you're like, oh, i got to make sure I see them once. You're like, oh, I'll go see Auntie Ballas literally every time they play because it's always a dance party. It's always highly improvised. Um, they've created just such a great sense of community. I mean, it's a huge band. And again, they've been really true to this borough for a long time that it was just 7,000 of your best friends like coming to a local gig basically – uh, so that was really exciting. I do think that we, you know, we anticipated a good crowd for them, but I think it was, you know, slightly larger than we expected. So I was just really proud of Brooklynites <laughs> for making that a big show.
0: Yeah, it sounds really fun. And they're coming back.
2: They are. I didn't even plan for that to be a segue, but um, we love <laughs> well them done. so well done. much. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we love Antibalas so much, and you should too, that we are actually uh, bringing them back outside again, not at the band shell, uh, but we're actually hosting a free outdoor kickoff concert uh, to kick off the fourth annual brick jazz festival. So last year we started this sort of new tradition of kicking off our week of jazz fest programming with one awesome band for free here in Fort green um, at what's called the steps at 300 Ashland. And that's this wonderful new Plaza on the corner of Flatbush and uh, Lafayette. Uh, last year we had Benedito Martinez and we had a great awesome dance party and um, And this year we're gonna bring Antibalas. So I'm really excited to party with everybody. I hope you guys all mark your calendars October 14th, October 13th, 3 p.m. Saturday, October 13th, 3 p.m. Correct. Okay.
0: And that kicks off Jazz Festival. Jazz it Fest? Does. Is it Jazz mm-hmm. Fest? Jazz Fest. Yeah. Jazz Fest. Okay. Great. And this is the fourth year of Jazz Fest. It is. That's amazing. So uh, thank you, Leah, for the segue. So we are. We're entering our fall season here at Brick. This is our 40th anniversary season as an institution. And I believe our fifth season in at Brick House, and Jazz Fest is one of those major tempole programs that rounds out the fall programming every year here at Brick House. And it is a week, really over a week, or a full week of programming starting October 13th through when? It goes until... October 20th. October 20th. Great. So, do you have anything, and to, besides Antibalas? maybe Elizabeth, do you have anything that you're super excited about w- with Jazz Fest in particular?
1: Uh, I've started looking in because a lot of the artists, you know, I didn't know before we booked them. Um, So I've been poking around and I'm actually going to play. We're going to end with a track by her. But Leah kind of mentioned something of how much she liked her, Lakeisha Benjamin. Uh, So I started checking her out and she's just a really cool musician. Um, And so we're going to end with a song by her. But, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing so many artists that I haven't heard about until You know, just a couple weeks ago. So
2: that's so fun. That's what we hope
0: to do for a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. What is the the thinking behind the Jazz Fest programming? Do you have a template? Do you have an ethos that you abide by for that programming?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think that you know, um, part of the desire to create the jazz, the Brick Jazz Festival, which you know precedes my tenure here, was just really paying homage to the fact that Brooklyn has such a rich jazz history there are so many artists who come from this borough who played in this borough you know maybe at a time before Brooklyn had its own um, like national scene going on and maybe they were all going downtown to Manhattan to play but like they definitely have roots here in Brooklyn so I think part of it um, you know the seed was sort of from that um, and how to you know highlight all of the amazing talent that has come from this borough in the jazz world and then now looking at this amazing renaissance that jazz is going through, I think, you know, internationally, not just in Brooklyn. um, I think that jazz, I can say this personally, like was a genre that growing up I didn't really think was for me. It seemed older, it seemed more intellectual at times or just some, there were these like perceived barriers that I thought about that music and I wasn't exposed to it enough to know, I thought you had to know how to listen to it or something. And um, for me being a hip hop fan, is really what got me interested in jazz because you know like listening to Tribe Called Quest in high school and them doing all these cool jazz samples that made jazz so much more accessible to me it just it, it i wasn't trying to listen to it i wasn't sure if i was getting it or not or trying to critique it it was more just this awesome groove behind a great you know hip hop song that i liked so i was able to you know discover Charlie Parker and Louis Armstrong and all these like amazing jazz greats really th- as through hip hop Um, And, you know, more recently, you'll notice how Kendrick Lamar, of course, is credited with like having all of these awesome sort of newer jazz artists. You know, he really I think it largely the reason why we all know Kamasi Washington and, um, you know, in some ways, Robert Glasper, Christian Scott are all these amazing younger jazz artists who are on Kendrick's one of Kendrick's uh, albums. And what's really cool is right around that time, Brick Jazz Fest had those artists.
3: So oh. it's
2: been so. I think that that again, it was a timing thing, and I think you know it was intentional. But uh, we really try to create a lineup that's sort of um, you know, that shows those uh, those connections like between genre. We like to, you know, this year we have some great staples, um, some awesome legends like Terrence Blanchard, you know, has this like huge career in jazz, and he's amazing. Um, and then, you know, we have other folks like Christian Scott who've done a ton of collaborations in the hip hop world. Um, and we have, you know, sort of a younger guy, Keon Harold, who actually went on tour with like Solange and what? a bunch of other, yeah, <laughs> a bunch of other, um, you know, pop, uh, artists, hip hop artists as a trumpet player and now is going out on his own. And, you know, here's this guy who's pay- playing like, you know, on pop tours, but little do you know, he has an amazing jazz repertoire. Um, So I think we try we kind of program with that in mind. How can we bring together not only like jazz legends, but also folks who really uh, push the boundaries of jazz and who are really playing in other playgrounds Um, and then really focusing on having great local talent, Lakeisha being a great example.
0: Thank you for that. So come to Jazz Fest. There's something for everybody. You don't have to know how to listen to it. You don't have to have a background in music or music theory. You can come and enjoy the music. Exactly. And it's all generations. It's one of my favorite things about Jazz Fest is how it is so intergenerational. And we really do capture the hip hop younger crowd, if you wouldn't want to say that hip hop equals younger, often does, and as well as the jazz staples, the ones who have been listening to it for you know 60 years, they come here as well. So that's exciting coming in, up and on. October. We also have Urban Bushwomen in residence this season for the 40th anniversary. We'll definitely be talking more about their residency. They're a dance theater group um, that's based here in Brooklyn. The Knights are back. We'll definitely be talking more about them as well. The Orchestral Collective, also based in Brooklyn. They are in residence here again. I believe this is their fourth year, so also part of the 40th anniversary season. And then, of course, the Brick Labs, which is my favorite program, the Artist Residency Program that is two weeks in the Artist Studio, and we'll have tons of those artists here in the podcast studio talking on backstage at Brick. Elizabeth, is there anything in particular outside of Jazz Fest that you're really looking forward to this fall? Is there a Brick Lab? Is there a resident artist that you can't wait to talk to? I mean,
1: just meeting with um Neal yesterday, Um, She, you know, this is now my, I guess it's technically like third season of Brick Labs. Um, And, you know, I I think she's very young and exciting. And I can already see how much, how appreciative she is of this upcoming residency. Um, And she seems really dedicated to, um, you know, making progress and making this work for her. So she she's someone that, um, I'm excited to see. I feel like she's going to really kind of transform in the two-week process. So I'm looking forward to her. Yeah. that's Janiel
0: Cooper. She's a choreographic artist and she'll be in in November and we'll have her in the studio as well. But you're right. The Brick Lab is for both emerging and established artists. And she is one of the more emerging artists. And she, I think she is just going to kill it in there. I'm so excited about what she's working on.
1: And Reverend Yolanda. I, forget. Oh, I mean, who
0: could forget Reverend Yolanda? And then,
1: you know, just seeing, going and seeing his performance in March and then being able in a way, like we talked about, to contribute to them, you know, then getting granted a residency, which is cool to be part of that process because, you know, I saw his piece and I was like, they definitely need to apply and should, def- you know, be heavily considered for residency so I'm glad that they got one. You know that's a good
0: point I'll just real quickly talk about you know that behind the scenes look since we're going backstage at Brick. I'm just trying so hard to like throw that name (laughs) out as many times as I can like we're backstage at Brick we're backstage at Brick now. So part of programming a season and Leah knows this too as a curator of music is you often want to go see the band. You want to go see the artist, the dance artist, the theater artist. Sometimes it's enough to read the script. Sometimes maybe it's enough to listen to a CD, but it's so helpful to go and see it live. And so, so much of my job is going out and seeing work. I know it's also part of Leah's job. And Elizabeth, as a support to the department, does the same thing. You go out and see shows and report back and let us know how it is. And Reverend Yolanda is a great example of I had talked to her and seen some of the clips and read the script and was really excited about her, and she had a showing last year that Elizabeth went to go see, and Elizabeth, you were blown away by it, the audience loved it, you had this great experience, and Elizabeth reported back to me of what a transformative experience it was for everyone, and it made us really excited about programming her. And so Reverend Yolanda made it into the season, and part of that was Elizabeth's going to see her live. So a little insider. Um, knowledge of how how things get programmed here. Um, what about you, Mark? Anything you're looking forward to this fall? It does not have to be performing arts. It can be something podcast-related if you're not totally up on what's happening in performing arts. And
3: I'm not even up on what's happening with podcasts. <laughs> here <sometimes>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're excited about Backstage at Brick and our new title. Yeah. I
3: want to <laughs> try to come to, to Jazz Fest this year. I have... Uh, I think my knowledge is also hip hop. The genesis of any of my knowledge is hip hop based. And so any name or it's from film. So like Terrence Blanchard, it's like, you know, it's, oh, I I recognize that the score from Spike Lee's movie or something. So, yeah. And I, every time you all do a presentation, like this name doesn't mean anything to me. Then you play something like, oh, that's hot. Like, (laughs) that's so good. So uh, tell me, I'm going to put, I'm going to put you on the spot. What is like? You gotta come to one thing, you should come to this.
2: Oh, okay, I got it. Um, Especially knowing um, your hip hop um, tendencies. So I am so pumped about this band uh, called Brown Out. Brown Out as a band, um, actually, uh, it's like sort of a Latin tinged funk band. I mean, they're really like a true funk outfit, but they're originally from, a lot of them are from the Texas border, so that's just permeated in their sound. So you know, that's their bread and butter as a band. They rose to fame when they did this awesome one-off project called Brown Sabbath. <laughs> and it was basically like Latin funk reimaginations of Black Sabbath. Oh, God. <laughs> um, that yes, please. Pretty, pretty rad. Pretty incredible. It's awesome. I can't recommend it enough. And I will say that what's so cool is, of course, as you can imagine, there are a bajillion, um, you know, Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath cover bands. This is the only cover band that Ozzy himself ever said, oh, yeah, that band out. That's pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> So they were like, Aussie approved. That's high praise. I know, right? (laughs) So, um, you know, in line with that, I remember, um, full disclosure, these folks are from Austin, my hometown. So I've known these guys for a long time. And I remember ages ago, you know, they got, you know, they're known as this amazing funk band, kind of Latin. Now that they're doing this like old rock kind of tribute thing. And the guys in the band, they all grew up listening to hip hop. Like they all love De La Soul. They all love Tribe. They all love like all of this classic hip hop. And so they got this opportunity once to back the Jizza, when he did some shows. And it was like, I remember seeing that, like, man, these guys are like, these guys should just do hip hop all the time. That's what they should do. So now fast forward. They finally have done this amazing project. Uh, They just released an album called Fear of a Brown Planet. And it's reimaginations of Public Enemy's classic Fear of a Black Planet. And it's amazing. It will make you jump out of your chair. It's so good. And I am so pumped that they will be premiering this new show, this new album for the first time in New York at Brick Jazz Fest. They're bringing in guest MCs. They're going to do the whole album. It's going to be amazing. They do Fight the Power as well. Oh, yeah. Wow. So come to that.
0: (laughs) That's huge. That's a coup.
2: I'm so excited. Well
0: done, Leah. Thanks, guys. When is that?
2: That one is Saturday, October 20th, uh, right before Terrence Blanchard, actually. So in my mind, it's like, Turn up with Public Enemy, get super pumped. And then Terrace Blanchard is going to, like, make you really introspective because he has this amazing uh, new project called The E-Collective that is really focused on uh, reflection of social justice, um, trying to, you know, pay more attention, get justice for black lives. And so I feel like it's going to be great. You're just going to be really inspired that awesome. night.
0: October 20th. Two thousand eighteen. If you had to pick one, come here. Pick that. But day. come to all of it. <laughs> come to all of it, but a, like come to that. Get a three day pass. Come to everything. <laughs> uh so yeah, so a lot coming up this fall and and we just ended a busy summer season. No rest for the weary here at Brick. No rest for the performing arts department here at Brick. Uh is there anything else anyone else is looking forward to for the fall before we wrap up?
3: I try and do a Halloween costume this year.
0: Ooh, what do you have in mind? I
3: don't, I, I always say I'm going to do it every year, but my my girlfriend and I are talking about we want to do um, um, Gomez and Morticia, but we both want to be Gomez. So I think <laughs> <laughs> I think I think she might do Gomez, and then I think I might do Gomez, but as imagined in drag. So yes. like Gomez and Gomez, would yeah. so be an interesting. But I don't know. Could it just end up being like I'll buy a mustache, be like a mustache guy or something?
2: Or like Morticia, yeah, yeah, or Morticia. <laughs> Why not? But I'd like I so like great.
3: the suit. We both like that suit. That sort of like dandy mm-hmm. right. look that he has, and um, and yeah. So we'll see. That's so funny.
0: I am trying to convince my husband to do, uh, again, like a couple's outfit, like you're talking about, Mark. But I want to go as Einstein and Gödel. And I, of course, want to be Einstein because it's Einstein. And that would make my husband have to be Gödel and Kurt Gödel, the mathematician who Einstein was really good friends with. And they, like, constantly talked when they were (laughs) at— Yes, of course. And so his problem, he's like, but then all night— I have to tell people who I am. No one will know who I am. And that is his requirement for a Halloween costume. He's like, I don't want to have to explain what I am to people. So I don't think it's going to happen. But he would make a very good Kurt Gödel. Anyway. What people, are
1: you going to be? Oh, gosh. Uh-huh. I, I'm, I rarely dress up for Halloween. Do people dress up at brick in the office? yes. Is that a thing?
0: Yes, you should do it.
1: Okay, all right. I'll be thinking of ideas
0: (laughs) for everyone listening. I I, I have a sneaky (laughs) look on my face. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna show up. You'll be the only only one dressed
2: up. I think there were like three, like three people.
0: Yeah, And there might be some ears, like people do ears. Yeah, Yeah, that's whole thing. You know what? That's
1: what I'll probably do. I'll be like one of those lame people who like kind of dresses up but doesn't really commit. Like (laughs) nodding towards.
0: (laughs) <laughs> like, Halloween is happening, but exactly. I'm not going Acknowledging to.
1: Acknowledging it, yeah. 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 What about
2: you, Leah? Uh, Yeah, I probably won't do anything. <laughs> I it just, yeah, I've never, like, I just can't find my Halloween groove. Um, We're going to find it. Maybe. I think, honestly, my favorite costume that I was, well, one year I was Medusa, which was pretty fun. Actually, let's be real. First, I was Medusa in fourth grade, and then I was Medusa again when I was, like, 25. So it was already a repeat costume but I feel like I could get away it with worked. that. It
0: must have worked.
1: It that's, totally And worked. also I feel like that's kind of sophisticated for a fourth grader. Thank you. I was my like a cowgirl is, or yeah, something. it really <laughs>
2: is. My mom had a theater background, so she had very Got good it. creative ideas for Halloween. Um, but I think without her by my side, I don't really know what to do. Uh, my favorite costume that's like a lazy costume hack for anyone who wants one is um, if you know that song, Devil with the Blue Dress. Devil with the Blue Dress on. I don't actually know how many people know that song, but <laughs> I know it. It's pretty catchy. And so I just wore a blue dress to work with, like, double ears. And then I was that song.
0: Oh. oh.
2: So feel that's, free to take that one. That's clever. <laughs> it's clever.
0: It, <laughs> like, you. Yeah. makes you s- – it's music-related yeah. in music business. And if you and get it, clever. it's like, oh, wink, wink. And I know like, oh, that song, good. too. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I think we should come up with something that maybe the Performing Arts Department can do. Like, I love group Costumes. I've always wanted to do the Powerpuff Girls or the Fanta Girls. Done.
3: <laughs> so you don't
0: have to tell me twice. Any excuse to dress up, y'all. I have a costume box at home, and a and a prop box. No. And don't y'all? No. Okay. <laughs> so I have any excuse to dive into my wigs, my wings, my scepter, any of my robes or hats, I am happy to dive into. So that seems like a good place to stop. <laughs> <laughs> So much coming up this season at Brick. We're going to have some Brick Lab artists in the studio next time talking on the podcast about their upcoming Brick Lab, um, which is about America's involvement in Afghanistan. So stay tuned for that. This has been Backstage at Brick. I am your host, BJ Evans, co-hosted by Elizabeth Chrisunis, produced by Mark Pagan, special guest today, Leah Crockett. We are ending with music today by...
1: LaKeisha Benjamin who will be at Brick Jazz Fest
0: and we were recorded at the podcast studio at Brick catch you next time at Backstage at
1: Brick the I vision of shame and greed I'm all forgotten God and glory I'm struggling you struggling? i I pray to God that I'll pass this life test I've been digging on my grime manifesting all this lyrical lubrication to awake
2: and
3: feed to this nation so as we gather one and all and fight this epic war We march on. What? We march on to find victory. We march on.